Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Poppin' man, real ones. Um, Logan Murdoch here. No Raja Bell today on this trade deadline edition of Real Ones. So we got Chris Ryan, who um, is on the back end of one of the biggest pump fakes of the season. Um, Kyle Lowry is staying put in Toronto for the time being. And that means that he is not going to the hometown Sixers where, you know, you guys both share a hometown. How do you feel right now that Kyle Lowry is staying put and all that stuff that we heard that the, the Sixers were going to go after him, the Lakers were going after him, Miami was in the mix. There was so many teams um, in the mix for Kyle Lowry. What do you feel that he is not going to your hometown? We also got Kyle Lowry crying on camera last night, waving goodbye to Toronto, a.k.a. Tampa. So this is just a very strange story. They orchestrated this whole thing to make you feel like this was an inevitability. I was never really that confident that we were going to get Lowry, that the Sixers were going to get Lowry for as much as I would love to see him return. You know, uh, Nova graduate, Philly High School basketball legend. Um, You know, I think that the Sixers window is being uh, compressed a little bit by the media. Mm. Not to blame the media for anything of which we are a part of, but I do think that the Sixers are you have blaming a, the media on I'm the not, Real Ones podcast right I'm now not. after everything that we have gone through right now. Are you? Are you? I'm not. Okay. All I'm saying is that like it doesn't all have to happen today, and I think what what the the move that they did make by acquiring George Hill for basically uh, for Tony Bradley and and like some 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 add-ons is like exactly the move that they needed to make if they weren't going to get Lowry. They got some outside shooting. They got somebody who could probably close games with the Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid lineup, assuming everybody's healthy. Here's the thing, Logan. Everybody in Sixers land is feeling really good about the Sixers right now. 
Sixers are out here beating up the West Coast without Embiid. So I, I'm not I'm not that upset about it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Lowry, and we talked about this prior to the pod, uh, with the Sixers and even with the Lakers and all these teams involved, right? We we've we've heard some things about that Kyle Lowry wants an extension wherever he goes. Sure. And this is his free agency. That's what Wynn right. is saying. This is or or as you know, someone close to all of us calls a pre, the pre-agency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing is if he goes to the Lakers, they're not going to give him an extension. They don't. They they can't do that. Um, or they, that wouldn't be wise, I don't think, to give Kyle Lowry an extension because I don't feel like he would be in their long-term plans. Same with the Sixers. Do you imagine them giving Lowry a long-term deal with his considering his age and um, is he in their long-term plans or is he a rental, right? Or with Miami same deal. So I think that's the tricky part is that he wants to get paid long term for whatever team he goes to and with his age and kind of his abilities right now you don't necessarily I don't think you would want to do that. Do you think that that played a part into a, into this Chris? Yeah, I think that probably there was the dual factor of what Toronto's asking price was which sounded like at various points was rumored to be Maxi and Thibel from the Sixers as well as, well as draft picks. Um that's pretty rich. And then you have to add on you're giving a guy in his mid-30s an extension or, or redoing his deal. And you're pretty much locked in then to yeah. Embiid, Harris, Lowry, Simmons, and whatever scrap you can get off the, off, out of the draft or in the buyouts. And that's, that, that's, you're, just, you're handcuffed to that. So I don't know. I mean, like personally, I think Maury probably likes the flexibility of what he's got going into next season. What you do is you go into this playoffs with an MVP favorite before he got hurt. Uh, you go in with Tobias Harris playing out of his mind. You add mm-hmm. a shooter in George Hill. You get Seth Curry back. And then if things fall apart in the playoffs, you go back to the well on, on training Simmons and rebuild yeah. the team. Which my thing from a Toronto side is Lowry is, he's on the last, he's looking for an extension on the last year of his deal, right? So like, I think well, he, that, Yeah, this is the last, like this was Toronto's opportunity to get something back for him if he wasn't going to stay with them. Right. So what do you... I, it's always tricky for me when teams are in this situation when they, when they do have the last uh, a guy in the last year of his deal and they're trying to trade for the the guy in the last year of his deal. Do you just get what you can get for him or do you say, no, I don't want to do this? Because I feel like with the Toronto Raptors, if you say that you're going to... Um, you're going to trade a guy who's on the last end of his deal. You might as well just get what you can get because this is the last time you can get anything for him because he can walk or you're going to have to sign him long term. I just think that the Raptors should have traded traded him. Why not? Because you're not going to get anything for him in the free agency market. So this is where we get into a really complicated zone with this because trade deadline and all of this transactional stuff, which is essentially like become as big as the games in the NBA, like thinking about transactions, thinking about what teams are doing team building wise has become as much of a, an industry unto itself, aside from watching the actual basketball games. Some, some might argue that it's become even a bigger entertainment business than the actual basketball games. Mm -hmm. We don't actually know what Messiah Ujiri was asking for. We don't actually right. know what the Sixers were offering. We're never going to know. Like it's no. We're never best. truly going to know. So this is essentially like watching, like being a fan of a sport, but never getting to watch what actually happens. And then somebody comes out of a gym and is like, "I heard so and so went six for ten from the field today." And you're like, "Well, I've, now I'm assuming that this person shoots sixty percent." So I have no idea what was actually offered for Kyle Lowry. What the narrative around this was was that the Raptors, as as sort of a uh, a gold watch for his service to the Toronto organization was like, choose your spot. 
Choose your spot and we will make a deal that suits you. And obviously, that wasn't the case because if Kyle Lowry was like, send me to Miami and, and the, the offer was something similar to what Miami gave for Depot, it would not, that personally, I don't think that would have been enough for Toronto. But if that was it, if it was just about setting up Kyle Lowry for this for this postseason, there were there were suitors out there. Obviously, they've either decided to stick with him, or I mean, I I can't imagine they're going to buy Lowry out, right? I don't think so. I, I I I couldn't imagine that. But a side note before we get to that, we absolutely need a. And I saw this from uh, Miles Brown on Twitter. We absolutely need like a huge paywall for these negotiations, right? Just to see these negotiations live. I like like an HBO or something. They, we just need to get this, man. I, I know there's a lot of sensitivity to that, but in my perfect world, we need that. They, they, you know, we've been looking for something to rival the last dance in terms of popularity and importance. Mm-hmm. If they did Formula One Drive to Survive, but about GMs during the deadline, that would that would literally be like bigger than the lost finale. Like I can't, I can't imagine. The ratings would be ridiculous on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Just, just like forget the all due respect, forget the live shows, the live trade shows on ESPN or any of these other networks. Just give me a live look at everyone's negotiation. Put a camera in the way you do the draft, but just unfilter that all of that. Right. I think that would be dope. But, to get back to your original question, though, you were like, "Am I sweat? Am I sweating the fact that the Sixers didn't get Lowry, and do I think that they're going to regret it now that the Heat got Depot, that the Nets have?" have Blake Griffin, they'll play probably be players in the buyout market. You know, I think that I I have no kind of doubt that Daryl Morey is going to be an active participant in in trade deadlines to come. That's mm-hmm. it's not like a Danny Ainge thing where I'm worried like Daryl Morey is going to be sitting on something for like eight years and never actually <laughs> make something happen. Like I think he'll make it happen. I think that the I think that like I think that that Simmons for Harden deal was real, and 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 the Rockets just chose not to do business with Daryl Morey, and so be it. But mm-hmm. I'm not worried because I think that like Daryl Morey knows more about me and the average Sixers fan than how to about how to build the Sixers. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think ultimately your Sixers will be fine. This would have just been just just being assholes and just getting another guy because you could. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you know, yeah. and um, but it's one of those teams that were trying to get Lowry was the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat traded for Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Mark Stein tweeted out that he, that that uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is a front runner to go to Miami. Now, for a team that struggled mightily to start the season, this is a good get. I don't think it makes them a championship contender by any means, but it could. They could make some no, noise in the postseason. What do you think about what Miami is doing right now? If they can, you know, they get Oladipo, but they can also get a guy like um, Lamarcus Aldridge. What do you What do you so think about that? Who did they tri- wind up actually dealing for Oladipo? Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2022 pick swap. So yeah. that's that. First of all, Pat Riley wins again. That's yeah. that's just like you kept Hero and you kept Duncan Robinson. Now you didn't get Lowry, but like you you know Oladipo who who has expressed unofficially expressed interest in playing for Miami in the first place. So maybe this was one of those situations where Victor Oladipo's camp let it be known like Victor's going to Miami next season, so we can you guys can trade for him if you want, but it's a three month rental. Um, the thing that interests me about this is that Miami team that made the bubble run last season had such a interesting and to me cool identity you know love that um, team and obviously that this is a, that's a t- this is a team that's got ravaged by covid this year 
just real stop start with like their player availability stuff and a bunch of cold shooters who are red hot in the bubble. So it's a, it's going to be a different team if it's Depot, Jimmy, Dragic, you know, the Hero Robinson squad, uh, Bam, and then you add in LaMarcus. But I do think that this is a team that will be able to throw a couple of different looks at people in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm just, they're, they're one of those t- squads that you just do not want to see. You do not want to see them. I think what I've always respected about Miami, and I think you do too, Chris, is that they never concede. They never say, okay, we're going to just punt this year. We're going to, we're going to, dra- we're going to just build through the draft. They're one of those teams where if we do end up having a lottery pick, so be it. But it wasn't because we didn't try not to. And I love that about this team. And I love this about that organization where, yo, man, we're going to get a, a Victor Oladipo to pair with Jimmy Butler. And we're going to trust our system and it's going to work. And we don't care what anyone thinks. And we're also going to get LaMarcus Aldridge. And we're going to just fight. We're going to figure it out and we're going to fight to be an outside chance at a conference finals, maybe a finals appearance again. We'll see. But I do respect that. Is I wish more teams did that's how this. Sports are, that's how I think we we think sports should work. It's just like a constant sh- shark feeding frenzy of trying to get into the finals, like to trying to be a finals team and just constantly being competitive. And I think that I, you know, I have, I, I obviously cheer for a team that went through one of the great tanking experiments in professional sports, but our minds are kind of twisted now where you're just like, I mean, look, man, the team that you spent so much time covering the Warriors are pretty clearly tanking now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the, the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry are tanking. And I think it's, it's, it's a shame that, that we didn't see like Golden State, for instance, who are going to get Steph back from this tailbone, presumably in a week or two, not be in the market for, for an Aaron Gordon, not be in the market for Alonzo ball, not getting like, not try to do some creative stuff to make their team. Like, like why not try and go Steph Draymond, Aaron Gordon and see if you can get a first round playoff victory. I don't know. So yeah, credit to Miami for just never, never letting, never letting go. And I feel like there's only a few teams that do this. Um, There was, it, it's Miami for one. I think mm-hmm. San Antonio, you can put in another it, that always just tries as much to stay relevant because we're going to play and we're going to win. We're going to try to win. Houston used to be that. I don't know if Houston yeah. is still that. It remains to be seen, but Houston was <laughs> hey, always one of those teams can I, that can figured I tell you it something? out. Houston's but, not that anymore. <laughs> that's not Houston, man. <laughs> yeah. I, but I just, I, I respect those types of teams so much, man. And I remember even you know rooting for the lakers and being like why why not why not try to figure this out why waste kobe's last few years and not try to at least go for it um so i respect that about miami all right let's take a quick break um another deal that really that that i am curious about is aaron gordon to denver mm-hmm. and what that does for that team because we always talk about um you know the West Co- Western Conference is a two a two team race between the two LA teams, and then um, the, no matter what happens, and then the the hierarchy goes down to the Utah Jazz, and then you, Denver Nuggets are right there with the Utah Jazz as a really good team, but we haven't really seen anything from them just yet to say, oh, they're a title contender right now, mm-hmm. where we could just say they're a bona fide title contender. I don't know if this um, Aaron Gordon trade necessarily makes them a title contender, but I'm intrigued. I think that they're in the Miami category of like. 
dangerous. I don't know what dangerous. I don't know what this team is, but I wouldn't be surprised if they figured out a way to get to the finals, at the very least, the conference finals. Do you think that Am I am I wrong for feeling this way, Chris? It's a great trade for them. It's a bunch of pieces that they probably didn't have either room or use for. RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, what and like some picks, right? Mm-hmm. To get Aaron Gordon, who is definitely going to immediately be a starter and make them like a, a kind of pairs with M- Michael Porter Jr. to like have like a very very long athletic wings. I'm not so sure. You know, the MPJ defense question is going to be pressing, but. If you get Gordon, if you can get Aaron Gordon to buy into playing stretch four, and then you unlock all of his cutting, all of his physicality with Jokic's passing, I don't. Know. I mean, I, I'm I love this deal for them, and I think the thing with Gordon is it's this is the deal that the other teams are going to be kicking themselves for not making. This is the deal that Port- Portland's going to kick themselves for not making. That Boston Golden State kick- is too. Honestly, Golden when State, you said that, because yeah. I think that. One of those things that you said, and I want to get back to what it means for Denver, but you brought up a great point with the Warriors. Everything I've ever said about the Warriors after this this dynasty is the thing that's missing from them, from the Chicago Bulls and the San Antonio Spurs dynasty, is that they haven't reinvented themselves yet. They mm-hmm. haven't do- actually done it. They've been like, okay, we're going to wait and see. We're going to, and this has been a um, a criticism of their from their fan base is. We are not, we are always stuck in those glory days and we are not reinventing ourselves to make more glory days. And mm-hmm. I think Aaron Gordon would have been a great piece for that, at least showing that. I don't know if it would have made, it's probably not going to make you a championship contender, but at least show that you're trying. And I think that to your point about getting uh, Aaron Gordon going to Denver, that absolutely shows that Denver is trying to take that next step. Yeah. And the thing with Denver is they're a team that it's almost like they did too good of a job with the front office. Like they have just such a embarrassment of riches and how they drafted to the point where all these guys aren't going to be on the team when it's all said and done. The final form of this team, all the people that they drafted are not going to be there because there's just not enough roles. They're too good to just stay in these roles. Right. So I'm curious to see how this works out with Aaron. You're Gordon. Right. I, I mean, they've that, had to, yeah. they've had to get like, they've done too good of a job building that roster. I think, I, I would be curious to know whether they would take the Jeremy Grant situation back. I know that Jeremy Grant also wanted to go somewhere where he would be the focal point of a, of a team like in Detroit. But um, Gary Harris is a perfectly good example of like a guy who I thought was incredibly useful for the first few years of his career coming out of Michigan State. And at times I was like pretty, I was like, man, that guy would like look really good wearing a Sixers uniform. And, you know, now he gets to be... Uh, now he gets to like go and, and I think maybe get a fresh start in Orlando. But as far as Gordon goes, like, was Gordon's best ability his availability at this trade deadline? Like, do you think he got overrated slightly just because he was one of the bigger names being thrown out there? Maybe, but I think that also this gives him an opportunity to really play show with, who he is, right? Really show who he is, right? Because maybe he's not a franchise guy, like a franchise cornerstone, and that's okay. I think that a lot of times when we go into the draft, we see a guy that's a top fifteen pick, and we're like, "Yo, he's a franchise. He's got to be the face of our franchise." And Aaron Gordon, he's a Bay dude. He's from San Jose. I got love for Aaron Gordon. He's just not a. He, I don't think he's. He's not a franchise altering guy. He just showed that, but he's a really, really, really good player. Similar to Andre Iguodala when, you know, when you were playing with, when, when he played for the Sixers, right? He was thought of as this franchise dude and he just wasn't necessarily that. He finally got to see his, 
his worth in the, with the with the uh, Golden State Warriors and some with the uh, Denver Nuggets. But I think that Aaron Gordon is in that same kind of sphere of really, really, really good, maybe an overqualified role player. Yeah, um, that can really help a team. Another thing that I'm I'm curious about is when you have these guys like a Jeremy Grant and a, a Gary Harris who think that they've outplayed their role, and then they. I think the downside to that is that they go to, you know, Jeremy Grant goes to a Detroit and he is the guy, but he's not necessarily the guy. He's not the franchise guy. He just got paid and he got the chance to um, maybe show that he can be the franchise guy. And he's not necessarily that. At what point do players have to just have a little bit more self-awareness to say, yo, I'm just this this Denver situation might just be the best situation for me right now, and I can win chips right here, or I can try to prove myself that I'm the franchise guy for a losing team. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, your fourth contract? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for, Jer- for Jeremy Grant. Yep, that's Jeremy fair, Grant yep. got paid to go to Detroit, where he will put up geeked-out numbers, and then he will get another great deal off of this, right? Mm-hmm. Or... Detroit, if he if he gets bored of losing and getting twenty and ten, Detroit can trade him for a boatload of picks to yeah. to somebody. You know what I mean? So, or they get your trade. bread. Get your yeah, bread. <laughs> exactly. So I think like once you, it's like the Jay Crowders of the world can worry about their roles, but Jeremy Grant is like, he's gonna be like, I'm I'm gonna make an all star team as a Detroit Piston, mm-hmm. and we might suck, but like I'll get paid, and then once it gets to that point, I'll, I'll I I can always move on to go back to a, a contender. So, I want to I want to look talk about the other side of this 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 Aaron Gordon Denver trade. What do you see? What's what's with the Orlando Magic, man? Because they're a team that historically has had they've had two great players, two Hall of Fame players, Shaquille O'Neal and and Dwight Howard. You can put Penny in there, but Penny got injured. I'm talking mm-hmm. about two prime guys um, that puts them on the map. But they have failed to kind of find an identity in between those times. And I think Aaron Gordon is a big uh, symbol of that. For sure. Um, to, to where, you know, they're trying to get this franchise guy. They're trying to be relevant, but they just haven't been able to do so. What is, where do they go from here? Where does, where does this Orlando is, this go is the re, This is the teardown. Because they also, we haven't said his name yet, but they traded Nikola Vucevic too. So mm-hmm. the Magic, who I have to admit, I make a point of never watching. Like I'm just, I'm, nev- <laughs> I'm like never like I'm trying to watch the Magic tonight. Um, I mean, I watched a little bit for faults, but like I, I mean, I just out of curiosity. One of the most boring games I've ever been to in person was the last the corporate the quarantine season was the Golden State Warriors with none of their stars, and it was a matinee game in Orlando. It oh was my God. It was like a pickup game would have been more enjoyable That's than what, what I, mean, I had to watch. What it felt like, yeah. Um, the thing I would say in the Magic's defense is that they do the one thing that no other franchise in the NBA seems to be able to do with the exception of maybe like the Pacers, which is actually just like believe in the guys that they've drafted and keep running them out there and seeing if they get it get any better. <laughs> like yeah. they literally yeah. did just say like, you know what? We picked all these dudes and we, we just like, we like our team. And maybe I don't know whether or not there's like an issue with like guys not wanting to go play in Orlando or they don't, they, they overvalue their team their players so they can't make any kind of big time trades but they I feel like I've been watching Fournier, Terrence Ross, Vooch and yep. Gordon for like most of my adult life. I know it hasn't been that long but it definitely yeah. just feels like that where you're like damn that show is still on the air. They're it still making like, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. still making Chicago PD, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're still making Brooklyn 99. No, um what I don't get 
it seems like a farm system sometimes for other teams, right? Because Victor Oladipo went through Orlando, mm-hmm. um, uh, Aaron Gordon now, like a farm system for for to develop role players for other successful teams. It seems yeah. like right now. Um, and I, I kind of, in a weird way, I just feel for them. I want them to be relevant. I want Orlando to be relevant in this league. And it just seems like they always have a lot of start and stops. And some of that isn't their fault. You know, they didn't foresee Dwight Howard leaving the way he left, right? They didn't, you know, a lot of things didn't go their way, especially, you know, Shaq leaving was just catastrophic. And then they finally recover, become a factor again, and then this happens. So, I don't know, man. Um, I, think the, di- I think we'll look back and just really think about the Isaac and Bamba picks. Because, you know, the Isaac pick leaving, uh, you know, Mitchell and Adebayo and, and, and other guys on the, on, the, on the board there. And, and the, you know, I, I just think that they've drafted poorly uh, yeah. over the last few years. And it's more than almost any other team. It seems like it's really come back to bite them. Yeah, definitely. And, I they have, and they haven't had that. They haven't hit on like the LaMelo guy where you're like, damn, this just absolves us of all our past sins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to get, I want, since we're talking about Denver, I want to get to the Western Conference in general. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so let's talk, let's talk Norm, man. Let's talk this Norm t- trade. Go ahead. Set it up. So I love that the Blazers are just like, let's be Blazers. <laughs> Yeah. Let's, let's just like let's be legends. <laughs> what do we need? We need all sorts of stuff. We need like interior defense. We need help on the boards. Zach Collins always hurt. Nurks always get these catastrophic injuries. You know what we need? Shooters. Norman Powell. Yeah, we got so now, but I already had like a pretty good so my NBA watching habits on a nightly basis usually check Sixers playing, watch Sixers at four right out here on the West Coast. And yep. then whoever uh Bla- and then I just basically watch a Blazers, Warriors, or Lakers game. You know, like yeah. whoever's got the best match. That's West that Coast night. basketball living in general. Yeah, right. And, and the Kings are Kings might get in there for a little bit. Phoenix might get in there in a little bit every yeah, once in a while. I don't mind watching Phoenix, but like if, if Phoenix just always wins. So I'm like, these aren't even going to be competitive games. But like the Blazers games have just been so entertaining this year with the da- with the legend of Town daytime. Base. Yeah, but this is not who they needed but it definitely makes them even more entertaining. Like, like these dudes are going to be just, putting up like 55 threes a night now. I'm happy for that, bro. But like, I want them, I want Dame to get a title, man. I don't want to, I, I don't care. You. I don't care about them being fun. I don't care about them actually. Like two years ago, they go to the conference finals. No one, no one cared that they went to the conference finals and no one expected them to really even outside of Portland. Nobody expected them really to even get to the finals after that. Right. There doesn't seem like a legitimate chance for Dame to get a a chip, and that that's disheartening. You want you want him to find a trade that's going to actually get Portland in a real contending s- space, and I just don't see that with this move, and that's frustrating. I, I agree you with you. Are they're you, in a, they're in like a similar, but in some ways tougher bind than Philly, where they have obviously got their identity wrapped up in these two players, Dame and CJ. They cannot really appreciably get better unless they hit a home run on a late draft pick or trade one of their best two players and hopefully get something in return that actually like takes them over the Let's home. be real. They, they would have to trade CJ. They yeah, just have absolutely. to trade no, CJ. They, and they, def- they, can't, yeah. they would definitely have to trade CJ and probably Zach Collins for like whatever they like, whether it's Beal or whatever. Like, but I, that's I always been the case, though. And I, I feel like it's been the case for years of that. And they have keep just 
there hasn't been any reinvention in them, right? There was just a there was a steady incline for the for the Portland Trailblazers, and now I just think they're just going through a straight line. And you know, Dan's putting up great numbers, but I don't see Portland is in the mix. Yeah, short of well, injuries. and now that they're also they're in hell too because LeBron's in the West, so it's just like yep. they, like whatever like daylight there was for Damian like a couple years ago when they made the Western Conference Finals. Like I just think that the West is just too stacked, and the Eastern Conference like. You'd probably have them third, fourth. Yeah. Right? For so sure. Maybe not that much better than they're doing right now, but like still, like I don't think they would have to also deal with the Utahs and the Denvers, which is which is what they have to deal with. So anyway, I, I am like as a as a neutral appreciate Blazers appreciator, I, I, I wish they had kind of there was another deal out there for them to really like you're saying, put Dame in a, in a spot where he could legitimately go for a title. But I, I, for, for the entertainment value, I'm all for the Norm Bowl. Oh, it's going to be fun, man. That's going to be a league pass special for sure. But I just, every, and that's, I, I don't know. I, I just, size, I, I don't know. All right, let's take a quick break. Staying in the Western Conference, though, <laughs> I do want to talk about. Sa- Sasha just, Sasha just on, on the chat, sly slandered the Blazers with her, her Lakers exceptionalism. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. We're going to get, Sasha, don't trip. We're going to get to the Lakers right about now. Um, so we talked about why the Lakers didn't do with, didn't do a deal to get Lowry. And I get it, right? And mm-hmm. um, I get why you wouldn't want to, especially you want flexibility. Um, and Kyle Lowry is not the type of, he will not give you the flexibility that you want. Like if Kyle Rowry was 27, yes, bring him to the Lakers for sure and sign him to an extension. But he's not 27 years old. But the biggest hiccup on a lot of trades is like they, THT is untouchable. And I know Jomi and I know Sasha, they are in love with THT and they are they love him. I get that. However, THT and the the uh, Lakers' insistence on not dealing him is has a lot of like 2007 Andrew Bynum vibes, where the guy has had a great like a great a few great moments in the playoffs in particular, had some great preseason moments, had some great regular season moments. However, I don't see him yet as a guy that is a franchise pillar, dude. The way that that's happening, right? We and, we got to get some responses from the, whatever are the the real ones. Audience needs to reach out and tell us who is your team's THT. Who is the mm, inexplicably mm. untouchable player that like only you guys are rating at this height? When I drafted THT in fantasy this year, three of the Lakers dudes in my league were like, "Yo, yo, that's like." You should do. You should make him your keeper instead of Zion. Like guys were losing their minds about Tht. You know who used to be that, and it worked out. There was Kawhi Leonard for a long time with mm-hmm. the San Antonio Spurs, and <laughs> it worked out. So, like, I'm not saying there's not precedence for it, and this type of thing not working out, but I just, if anything that we've learned in this this time is. You have to go in for the now and not the future. Forget the future, man. Forget that. It's in the words of the late great Kobe Bryant, ship his ass off if if the deal is right. You know, I think you need to um work in the now. And if there's a deal, maybe there was wasn't a deal, because like you said before this, there's a deal to take THT and trade him, trade him. Because you want you have LeBron James year 18 right now. He is Showing a lot of wear and tear. Shams just you said that to- that LeBron, from the point of when he went down, it's it's 
apparently four to six weeks. So that's like that they're they're kind of getting a little bit more specific about his time off. Okay. So that's basically and, and, and the rest of the season. That, that's basically right. the rest of the season. And that's something that we've known. Regular season. We've already kind of known that anyway when you talk about a high ankle sprain. Gotcha. Um, okay. That's also what Raja told us on uh, earlier this. No, he didn't tell us that, but he talked. He alluded to the fact that those injuries are very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say all that to say, um, LeBron isn't getting any younger. You want somebody right now. So if THT um, – me, if trading THT means that you get a chip or you get a real piece, right at this very moment, you go do that. And I just feel like I don't know. There's just a, it's it's very much inflated value on THT right now. I see it from both sides. I see that the Lakers just lost Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and to some extent Marcus All in like successive to successive injuries. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, all of their guards seem to have forgotten how to shoot. <laughs> so. It's like you're judging and you're like looking for a roster help for a team that actually is probably in much better shape, provided that they are healthy. Like, I don't yeah, think the Lakers fair. are as the, the weird, like the, 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 like at the house is on fire attitude with the Lakers right now. It's like, look, like get Kyle Lowry or keep KCP or we'll do whatever you got to do. It's not going to matter if Davis and LeBron aren't back. Right. Yeah. Like, but the thing is, the thing is, though, and I'd push back on that because they could go to an, Four to six weeks isn't a lot of time, but it is a lot of time when you talk about this oh, Western they could Conference. Be in a and playing game, game, no doubt. Like they might be worse. in trouble. Yeah. That's why Anthony Davis got to come back. That's why Anthony Davis has to come back to at least write, write the ship right now. But I say all I have to say is every game is very important. And so if you can get a guy right now to make sure, because you're not playing for three years from now, you're playing for right now. So if you can get a guy right now to get you to at least get you afloat by the uh, to keep you afloat by the time AD comes and then by the time LeBron comes and even if you don't sign him over the summer like you need somebody right now with this type of roster Mm -hmm. I mean so I I, I would have to I would I'd be curious actually what Sasha thinks I mean THT feels it's just Sasha you want to come on Sasha where it's just like okay you guys kept your Sasha come on I don't, I just want to say, I feel like I'm being misrepresented on my, on this THT <laughs> business. Like, I don't think he's like untouchable or anything. Like, he's just like. Sasha, answer, answer, why won't you trade THT for Durant? What's going on with you? I, I don't think this was the deal personally, partially because you'd have to re-sign Kyle Lowry and like, we're already going to have trouble re-signing the guys that we have. Like, how are we going to re-sign Schroeder and Caruso and TJ? Like, we're going to have to pay these guys at some point. I don't think that Kyle Lowry was the deal. It does feel a little bit like, a, you know, it's that classic, like win now or develop. Like we're about to send off about three really young guys for one old guy who like maybe a win, but also if LeBron and AD, are not healthy, that it doesn't matter anyway. So I get it. I don't think this is the deal. I don't think this is a deal, but if you can find the right deal to deal THT, like, and then we're actually going to be able to, what makes it risky is that we don't know if LeBron and AD are going to be healthy and we don't know if we can win this year anyway. So why deal THT when you're not sure if it's a possibility, why give him up for someone who you're not going to be able to sign anyway, or you wouldn't want to, because it's just too much money. So I, I can't speak for Jomi. And I, I personally think that Joey is on the don't trade THD for anybody that he's on touchable train, although I don't want to speak for him. But for me, like, 
I don't find him to be exactly that way for me. Like he's not untouchable, but I don't think this, this is just, it's, cl- it's good. This is classic Lakers deflection. This is good. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yes. Now I do feel that I, I, THT shouldn't be untouchable in my eyes. And I think that's the point I'm trying to make now. Let's go on to the, this is, I wonder whether this is a, just a big sigh up by Masai Ujiri. To just make all these other GMs look like dorks for not like making some great package for Lowry when he had no intention of trading Lowry in the first place. Like how many? He, he, he was like, he was like, hey Kyle, I'm gonna need you to just cry. How He's got like Lawrence Frank, Daryl Morey, Rob Polinka all walking into brick walls because they're like, uh, like I didn't really think I was gonna be able to resign this guy anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't. This was funny. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't. It's going to be weird, man. And also, like, it would have been weird to, like, Kyle Lowry not re- is probably not going to get the right type of send-off from Toronto because they're in Tampa. So that sucks. Um, but I want to get back to – I want to get to the Clippers real quick before we get out of here, man. Yeah. Rondo to the Clippers. Does it make a difference? For Lou Will, who is going home, is probably going to get his jersey retired, his Atlanta Hawks jersey retired um, in Magic City. But – what do you think about this for the Clippers? Do you think this does anything? Does it really matter at this point? I feel like I'm, I'm going to put a target on my back by saying this because LA is not going to like this, but like, I think that there's two things here. One, Lou will gets, gets hunted in pick and roll. I mean, like Lou will is a defensive liability in the playoffs. I feel like for one thing and for another, are we sure that whatever the chemistry issues that have sort of plagued the Clippers over the last two seasons don't have something to do with him. Lou Williams? Not, not that he's a bad dude, but just like, I'm trying to figure out, like, the, the Clippers essentially, like, broke down in the playoffs, right? Well, for like, every, every, what everything, like, what everything that we've read and been reported, it was PG was the source of all of that. Yeah, and they obviously didn't didn't like they were fine seeing Trez leave. Like I I I don't know. I mean, there's something about this that's like this is a very strange trade to make. What does Rondo give them? Like he there's no shooting there, but Rondo doesn't stay healthy. Like I guess he's like a, a a locker room guy, coach from the coaches the floor. But like, what do you think that the point of this trade is? To switch things up, there was a thing where you know there's always been reports out there that the Clippers just are stale and stagnant and things like that, and this is something to switch things up. Lou Will's been a long time not just Clippers guy, but a LA guy in general. Um, but this just shakes up the roster in a way, uh, and we've seen this before. Just a different personality in the room, right? right. And I think that right. that's more of what this is right now. I don't necessarily think it will make a huge difference because. So why do it? To, like I said, to just to switch, shake it up, just, just to shake, to shake it, up. it up, just to okay. shake it up. I think this is what that is because I I think that that's why. And also postseason Rondo, thank you, Sasha. Postseason Rondo is a thing, you okay. know, as we've seen with the Lakers. But I I it's it's I think it's bigger in terms of because it's a big name going to a big name team. I think that's all that is. Okay, but I don't see it as like a big deal because everything that we've heard and everything that's been reported is. The problem lies with the stars and not the rest of the guys right now. Right. In in LA. And so, you know, we'll see, man. And I just I don't know if I feel for the Clippers, but everything that the Clippers have done 
ultimately hasn't mattered, right? They get Kawhi and they have the biggest, one of the biggest collapses in NBA history. They get Chris Paul, who at that time was the biggest free agent on the market at that yeah. time, and you pair him, and it just doesn't, nobody, nobody in LA cares. It doesn't really do anything for ratings. He gets booed at <laughs> Dodgers games. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what would it take for the, the Clippers to be relevant and loved in their home, in their home city. I just don't see it. And it just, short of them going to San Diego, but I don't think that that works either. Like, I just, I just, so I just see like they're in the abyss. I moved here for the last days of, of the, the Kobe era on the, in the Lakers. And the, the, I was here, I was at Greatland for like the, the height of Lob City. Like when they were, they were really just killing it. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, like, there is actually a debate in this town as to like who LA belongs to and like and like the Clippers are really like in ascendance. And I don't think I had any idea what this town looks like when it's a Lakers town, when the Lakers are good. You know it's what I mean? It's totally like, different, man. It's as soon as LeBron hit here and especially as soon as AD came that last season, I was like, damn like i feel like i'm in boston on red sox games day like this is just crazy this is a so, laker city no matter what this is, is a laker city it is it is so i don't know i mean lou will just to me is like he was as like uh, integral to the clippers as like as anything so i'm just kind of surprised that this is like this sort of like tossed off move unless there's something else coming in the buyout market maybe i just it, i just feel like Whatever they do, it just doesn't matter. Like even if they win a title, does it really matter? Does mm-hmm. does do? And you know, we both gone to Lakers and Clippers games at Staples. Like it's totally different. Like maybe there's some funner moments about Clippers games, but you know, when you go to a Laker game, even when they suck, even when they're bad, it is a moment when you go there. And I just, I feel like I just feel for them on that level right now. I just feel for like it doesn't really matter, <laughs> no matter what you guys do. So. I don't know. And I think this is just another example of that. So is there anybody else in the in these deals? Like we didn't really talk about Vooch. We didn't really talk about oh gosh, I mean, like obviously a lot of like these little Delon Wright type deals, but like I guess the Bulls kind of like the Bulls, I would sort of say what they are doing is like getting rid of the vestiges of the last administration in Chicago yeah, and definitely. are trying to bring in a guys to compete now with Levine, who's obviously kind of moved into another echelon as a player this season. So they bring in Vooch. I thought that they 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 would be a great landing spot for Lonzo, but like obviously New Orleans. You know what's chose, funny? Yeah. Every time I play 2K and I'm in a, in a um in a franchise mode, Lonzo always ends up on the Bulls, no matter what. Always ends up on the Bulls, playing alongside Levine, and they are the hardest team to play. They are like. Like one of those tricky teams to play whenever I do a franchise mode, no matter who I'm playing with on the franchise mode. So I think if 2K is of a, is, is is any, I mean, I think it's an example, absolutely an indicator yeah. of what the universe wants. You know, <laughs> exactly every single time. But um, yeah, like Chicago, I I thought that they were going to make a pick, but I don't know if that really makes a difference. Chicago is one of those cities where, with the Bulls, they are just a star away from. Like similar to what the Lakers, right? When you say like a Chicago, a Chicago, a, a LA town is a Lakers Sleep, town. Sleeping giant. Sleeping it's giant. always a sleeping giant. If they get like a, when they got Derrick Rose and when they got these pieces, Chicago was so ready to root for the Bulls. And I think if they do this right, they will, they will figure something out. And 
Chicago will be a town to be reckoned with whenever the Bulls get good again. Let's. So one other thing I wanted to ask you: those are like the, there's not that many more other deals worth really like remarking upon. But I think the the thing that we'll probably be talking about for the weeks after this deadline is the deals that didn't get made or the teams that didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So Boston got Fournier, um, but essentially stood pat. They also traded Daniel Tice for uh, Mo Wagner. Um, yeah. So, how are you feeling about your Celtics? My Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. The Celtics are one currently of those teams. Eighth. Currently eighth. With yeah, thank you, Sasha. Also have like some some uh, locker room eh, about them. You know, um, Celtics are always interesting because you know with. You know, Danny never makes a trade, you know, and I, they always pump up that we have all these assets, but you don't ever do anything with them. And what you did do with them, you get Kyrie and he bounces, right? Mm-hmm. You do all that for Kyrie. You draft pretty well because you draft a franchise guy in, in Jason Tatum and maybe a franchise guy or, or just below franchise guy in Jalen Brown. But I just don't see it, man. I, they always seem to be one of those tough out teams that you think is going to be good, and I'm not sure what it is. Um, another team that I feel like that I kind of wanted to make a move in hindsight and just didn't is the Golden State Warriors. You know, you told all this stuff out that you want to put, um, you know, when you put Steph on a championship team, but even if you do have Clay back and Draymond and you bring the back band back together, I don't see like a championship team there on that on that roster. That would just that would for them to be a championship team in my eyes, it would be. Wiseman has to have a historic leap that we haven't seen from a big band in years, mm-hmm. right? I just don't see it right now, and I just kind of wish that Golden State was a bit more aggressive. What's your feeling on all this stuff coming out about like the you know they're they're going to start Wiseman for the rest of the se- season and it being like more of a developmental thing than I mean is this just them being like look like Clay's not coming back so like what are we talking I don't think about they're here? Punting. I don't think with when you have Steph Curry on the roster, you can't really punt a season. But I think it's more so, who the hell else are they going to trot out there from center? You're going to trot out Kevon Looney, who right. I, I love and respect and who's done really well. You're going to trot out Smilajic as your starting center in the NBA. Like Who else are you going to trot out? The, this was this this is the same. I think they should have just started Wiseman throughout the whole season because you don't really have any better options mm-hmm. as a starting center. But that's the tricky thing that the Golden State Warriors are in right now because you're trying to um, serve two goals. You're trying to serve making sure that you're developing for the long term while trying to get a championship roster together. And the and that's why I always say that. This rests on the shoulders of James Wiseman right now. He has to ball out. He has to be a Hall of Fame level get, especially when He's you see be, all these. He doesn't have to be Tim Duncan, but he is their Tim Duncan pick. He is the right. Tim Duncan coming in when Robinson's still there. Exactly. Except Tim Duncan right out the gate was well, right. ridiculous. So he has to be Tim Duncan next was year. also God at Wake Forest. James Wiseman right. played like 20 minutes in Memphis, you know? And he has to be. 1999 Tim Duncan for them to be a championship contender next year. And I just wish that, I just kind of wish that the the Warriors were a bit more aggressive right now because, listen, Steph is, hasn't made any indications that he would leave, but he does have the leverage of saying, I ain't going to sign this. I'm not going to, I didn't sign this extension and 
I can't get more money in the free agency market, but like I have you guys right now. You guys mm-hmm. need to make a move. He has that in his back pocket. Now, whether he chooses to use that or not, that's up to Steph. But he has that, and it ha- I have never seen Steph Curry this frustrated before and covering him and being around him and things like that. I haven't seen him pop off the way he's popped off and yelling on sidelines like that. He usually is chilling and vibing and balling. And that's something to look for is all I'll say. It's been a long couple of years for him, man. Long two years. A long couple of years, man. So, um, yeah, that was a special edition of The Real. Anything you want to get out um, before we before we wrap this up? I got the answer tomorrow morning. So we'll yep. probably do the unanswered questions of... Who you got on there tomorrow? Verrier and Mahoney are coming on. So we're gonna just we're just okay. gonna chop it up and talk a little bit about like what 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 are the lingering questions that didn't get answered by the trade deadline? Mm, okay, cool. So make sure you check out the answer every Friday. Make sure you check out R2C2 with Vallejo legend CC Sabathia. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that you check out uh Black Girl Songbook with Danielle Smith. Make sure you check out all the all the pods we have on the uh, Ringer NBA feed, including group chat and mismatch. And um, we will see you guys again Monday. Thanks for coming on, Chris. My pleasure. Cool. I love we. I love when we have these little one-offs, man. Come on, anytime. Okay. All right, man. We will, we will see you guys on Monday. This has been the real one.